Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about chakras. Um, Could you please tell us about chakras? What are they? Sure. Um, Chakras are your energy centers that both refuel you and help you to transmit certain information into your surroundings on a physical, emotional, mental, you know, elemental level. So the chakras are part of your energetic body structure if we're talking bodies. But they really are um, basically energy helps everything move around. So if it wasn't for your energy body, pretty much any other body wouldn't be able to function, right? Yeah. Uh, Because energy, everything is energy and energy is the building block of life. So you are very dependent on your energy centers, uh, both to receive information um, and to transmit information, energetic information. Um, Chakras are your energy codes, and you can think of them as vessels, almost, that contain, receive, transmit a particular kind of frequency, a particular kind of information that is necessary for your livelihood. Um, Yeah, chakras, um, you know, every chakra is not created equal. It is built for a particular type of energy, right? So it resonates at a particular frequency, and thus it is built to receive a particular frequency. That is why why very often you um, have, or or you associate chakras with a particular color. Color is nothing but the way your human eye distinguishes between the different wavelength, energetic wavelength. So shorter wavelengths um, tend to uh, be perceived by your eye as the red spectrum. Longer wavelengths tend to be perceived by your eye as the violet spectrum. Um, you know, your red energies are a lot slower. Your purple energies are a lot faster in terms of how the movement of energy, right? But basically, you know, your chakras are the receptacles. So think of them as buckets that are built for a particular kind of energy that you would need for your day-to-day lives, for your day-to-day pursuits, uh, whether, you know, maintaining uh, some basic needs that you have or some more spiritual, sophisticated needs that you have. And, you know, uh, say there is a bucket that's built for the energy of survival. It could only be filled with the energy of survival type energies, right? So a bucket that's built for red energies cannot be filled by violet energies, right? That's why it's actually really important for you to make sure that all of your energy centers are working properly, right? Because one is not a substitute for the other. Yeah. Right? 
you know, if, if, if your purple energies are on point, uh, but that's your only full bucket, you cannot really function, right? So we as humans, you as humans need all kinds of energies to be able to thrive. And so chakras is like a very basic way of understanding what those energies are, what they mean, and how to replenish them, how to make sure that they flow really, really well and healthily in your body, how to make sure that none of the energies are blocked, right? Um, and then, I mean, studying chakras could be a very fascinating endeavor into trying to understand what are the, um, the things that you have available to you as a human organism. And how were they formed? Well, they're formed uh, whenever your energetic body is formed, right? So before you're actually, so before your soul descends into this plane of consciousness, your energetic, energetic body is formed. So your energetic body, um, you know, a, a lot of earthly energies participate in forming your energetic body. Uh, both of your ancestral energies, both masculine, feminine, your mom and your dad, dad's lineages, right, uh, partake in forming your energetic body. And of course, some of the energies are borrowed from your higher self when your body descends, but uh, when your soul descends. But for the most part, your energy body is built uh, before the connection with the soul happens. So in other words, it's a vessel that could potentially accept any kind of soul. Right. Got it. Okay. And um, because you said that um, masculine and feminine energies contribute, um, uh, I've heard that some ch chakras are uh, like masculine and some feminine. Like, And what does it mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, that's one way of looking at it, right? Um so different chakras in your body, and um, right now we're talking the seven third-dimensional chakras, right? So your third-dimensional chakras are very much connected to your ancestral lineages. Um, all of them are borrowed from either your mom's side or your dad's side. Uh, and the way that works in the body is, as you probably know, right? So the most basic study of chakras the most basic understanding of chakras says that there are seven uh, third-dimensional chakras and they range in color from red to white or red to purple, depending on which school of thought, you know, you belong to. Um, so there's like a rainbow type um, structure. Yeah. Um, and basically those chakras, you know, there are seven and they start with the masculine, they kind of end with the masculine. Um, so if we go chakra by chakra, red at the root chakra, um, is a chakra that is borrowed from the masculine side, right? So for a baby, it would be their father's side. And generally that particular aspect is borrowed from the men from the father's side specifically. Yeah. So if your red chakra is the one that's responsible for very physical survival, you know, very basic needs such as being fed. It's just being sheltered, having enough water, having enough sustenance, some basic needs uh, around money, you know, and material and finances, um, all of those things, right? So it's, it's about being grounded. It's about survival. It's standing on your own two feet. Um, so that center is borrowed from your masculine side, your masculine ancestry, 
right? So for any baby, whether that's a girl or a boy, this would be borrowed from the dad and specifically how male ancestors from that lineage uh, have displayed those types of characteristics. You know, how did their energy around, you know, material survival aspects, you know, was flowing, right? So moving up um, in the seven basic chakras, you have your orange. That one is the energy of you know, some basic emotions are here. So this is the lowest of the feminine chakras, right? So this one is borrowed from the mom's side. Uh, specifically, how women in your mom's lineage felt. Uh, and basically, it's like a copy-paste of their orange chakras. Um, this orange chakra is the sacral, so it houses things uh, like, you know, emotions, sexuality, um, certain basic like emotional security would also be living here but also feelings like abundance which is complete and separate from the material way of looking at abundance right so that's your red chakra is like money and cash your orange chakra is a little bit abundance in a more broader sense right you know what else do i need to be happy type of situation um would all flow into the orange chakra things like creativity um, you know, and uh, childbearing, everything that has to do with children and how you raise them is, is kind of, uh, you know, in, in the, it takes, stems from the orange chakra. You know, moving up, you have the yellow, which is the solar plexus, which is all, of, all about, you know, your self-assessment, your self-confidence, you know, how self-assured you are, your self-talk, how, how do you talk to yourself, how you project yourself in the world you know what are your aspirations things like that right so that's your yellow center that is borrowed from your dad's side uh, again masculinity very masculine energy moving up the green center uh, that is borrowed from your mother's side and again how women in your mother's generational tree have displayed uh, this green center, you know, what that green center was like, how over underdeveloped it was. The green center is all about relationships. It's all about the energies of love, forgiveness, um, trust, you know, would live here, compassion would live here, uh, things like that. Um, moving up is the blue center, the throat center um, that is borrowed from your dad's side. Again, men in the family on your dad's side um, masculine energy of communication you know your um specifically like a, a lot of intellectual communication right so knowledge thought process thought forms being able to convince somebody being able to convey what it is that you mean but also being able to inspire people through speech you know to move people into action through speech you know, think of it as, like in the masculine way, uh, think of it as the general that's giving a speech to their soldiers to rally up the troops to send them into battle, you know. But this this uh, this center is bigger than communication. It is actually, you know, self-expression, right? So self-expression means, and it doesn't always just translate through speech. So self-expression can be, or generally means your permission that you give yourself to be truly yourself 
instead of succumbing to what your society wants from you, your parents want from you, etc., etc. Right. So sometimes, interestingly enough, your a blue center would be reflected in the things that you create around, you know, for instance, like being a painter for somebody would actually be tapping into the blue center because that would be their way of being fully self-expressed. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so self-expression can come in, in many different forms. Writing can be a form of self-expression. Again, writing, you don't necessarily talk, right? It is not non-audible uh, communication, but again, it taps into this blue center. A lot of things around, um, you know, your mission in life would uh, be connected to self-expression, right? Yeah. So if you're on your mission, you know, generally your blue center tends to be functioning really, really well. Um, again, borrowed from your dad's side. Moving up, purple, uh, third eye, borrowed from your mom. And again, like if you if you notice what I'm, you know, what, what I'm talking about is they interchange right so they, they change over like masculine feminine masculine feminine masculine feminine masculine that's mm -hmm. kind of like how it goes right yeah and i actually remember in one of our episodes you said that like all chakras are borrowed from like mother or father line uh, up to heart and like everything above is contributed by like the higher self but seems like still we have some contribution from the feminine and masculine energy like how does it work yeah yeah so the the higher uh the higher ups it's a trifecta so like it's meaning that there are multiple energies three energies that contribute your moms and dads but because it's a higher aspect energy your soul starts contributing to that as well did you notice how i mentioned that that that's you like your mission is in the blue center you know like on your path and off your path yeah. That actually has absolutely nothing to do with your ancestry, if you've noticed. Because um, being on the path is actually something that's very specific to your soul. So self-expression, technically speaking, your true self-expression as a human uh, has a lot more to do with your soul aspect as opposed to your ancestries. Specifically, the energies that you're borrowing from... Uh, in, in, in this particular case from your dad's side, right, is how self-expressed do the men in your family tend to be, right? I see what you mean. That's what you're borrowing. Say like, you know, in your family, people are not self-expressed because there is a fear associated with being self-expressed. So it's almost like you're, um, you're going to inherit that grid of like self-expression is not okay, but your particular way to express yourself is going to be borrowed but from the higher aspects of your higher self. Yep. Right? Because for some people, being self-expressed means being a painter. For other people, being self-expressed mean, means being the leader of a company. Right? It was just so different. So you don't necessarily borrow that aspect that's truly yours from your family, but you borrow the grid that the energy is going to live in, within. Like the grid of that bucket of energy is being formed by ancestors. So all of the chakras on top of green or above green, um, that is a trifecto kind of um, energy of creation where there are three collective forces that are giving birth to a particular chakra center. Makes sense. All right. And then the only one that we haven't really discussed is, is the crown. Um, or, or rather, the so the third eye. Third eye. Well, 
I guess I started talking about the third eye, didn't finish. But third eye, of course, is borrowed from your mother's side. Uh, it's the energy of intuition. Um, it's that, um, like, the knowing that is, like, really deep in you, but you didn't really read that in a book. You know, things like that. You know, self-awareness, um, understanding, um, you know, some early aspects of like telepathic communication would live in here but again like this is like your i guess lower spiritual chakra you can think of it but again that's borrowed from from your mother's side and then the top uh, of the seventh chakras is the crown generally color white um and then that is borrowed from again that's a, a masculine chakra uh, and that is Actually, another chakra that has to do with communication more so than perception. So your third eye is all about perceiving the world, right? Incoming energy. If you refer to uh, like our episode on femininity, you know that that is a lot of receiving and receptive, right? So that's why your third eye is a very feminine type of structure. And your crown chakra is actually a lot about transmitting and asking and, you know, like give and take type of energies. Um, the crown chakra is all about receiving insights from higher realms, receiving guidance, uh, getting access to the Akashic field and things like that. And that is, uh, again, communication and, 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 and thus, so communication is always a very forward moving energy. It's an energy that moves with a lot of intent. So that one tends to be borrowed from your masculine side of the family, as well as your higher self. Mm -hmm. Got it. So these are seven main uh, third dimensional chakras. I would call them the basic chakras, yes. Mm -hmm. And are there more uh, third dimensional chakras? There are chakras that... Um are accessible through the third dimension that are borderline, you know, slightly, um, maybe higher dimensional, but we could, it, it's very hard to distinguish them as like specifically third dimensional versus fifth dimensional. They're kind of like borderline chakras, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of chakras that, you know, are accessible to a third dimensional human. Yes. A lot more than seven. Got it. Uh, and uh, is there a reason why, like, nobody talks about them? Well, your knowledge about chakras is very rudimentary, or should I say your knowledge around energy is very rudimentary. Um, no, not, not, not a lot of knowledge around this field really exists on Earth. Um, and definitely, even from the one that from the knowledge that does exist, half of it is conflicting and another half is completely not true. So, um, you know, there, let, let's just say that there are forces on this planet that, that would like to keep it so. Mm -hmm. uh, because human beings are a lot easier to control when they don't understand their own energetic atomic structure, <laughs> right? Human beings are a lot easier to control when they think that they're just the physical body, right? All of a sudden, once you start getting into talking about energetic structures, you realize that, oops, everybody has access to the greater consciousness. Whoops, everybody has access to the source. Whoops, everybody has access to the Akashic field that has all these aspects of knowledge around past lives and, you know, parallel dimensions and all kinds of other uh, <laughs> things that are uh, not mainstream. So let's just say that to... For, for for some for certain beings it's just the ones that 
currently hold control of this planet, it's, it's, it's easier and it's to their benefit for humans to have as little access to the knowledge around their energetic body as is possible. Hmm, got it. And um, does it mean that like these seven chakras you can like work with and the rest, um, like even if you have this knowledge, like can, can you work with them and is it even going to be helpful for a human being? There are a lot more chakras that we can discuss that would be helpful to a third dimensional human. Now, when you say work with, everybody can work with all kinds of chakras. The question is, what do you get out of it? Right. Right. Yeah. What would be the result? Right. Right. Because there are, you know, technically speaking, I could tell you about 11th dimensional chakras and you can try to work with them. Now, the question is, is that going to be helpful or not? And the, and the answer is not so much. Yeah. Uh, what about third dimensional? Because I've heard that um, there are so many chakras in your body because like basically every joint in your body is kind of energy center completely right it, it totally is um but like let's say you work with the elbow like chakra yeah how's it gonna help how's it you? gonna help you yeah uh well <laughs> Is it better to perfect this, this seven because they probably affect the most areas of your life than like focusing on all this, like, I don't know how many dozens of chakras in the body? Um, yes and no. So the answer is it depends. Um, I would say that the seven chakras are the absolute basic minimum that everybody on this planet should be working with. So it's, it's like, uh, you know, learning your ABCs when you're in like, uh, primary school. Um, like it's, it's like a, the very, very bare minimum that you should understand. Um, now is that college level material? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, here's the deal. When the energy is blocked in one of your chakras, it generally tends to manifest in the way that you could feel in the physical right? Yeah, you feel pain or discomfort. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it also does impact your emotional, mental and spiritual body. But of course, since those are invisible, you guys don't feel them, quote unquote. So, you know, when, when you're saying that, what's the point of like working with, uh, you know, all the chakras in your joints? For most people, uh, you know, there's probably no point to work with the joint in your elbow. But for the people that are experiencing pain in that area, it would be very important to understand, you know, what is that pain trying to tell them? Same thing, you know, knee pain, absolutely freaking common on, on, on planet Earth. Uh, one of the most common uh, type of ailments would be knee pain, it, uh, if we're talking about joints specifically, right? Uh, which, you know, arguably if people were talking about what do these chakras in, in, in the knees, what are they trying to say? Maybe we could heal that as a collective humanity. But there's more like, you know, so like I would definitely pay attention to the elbow chakras. I would pay attention to the knee chakras. I would definitely pay attention to um, uh, the palms of your feet, the soles of your, uh, sorry, palms of your hands, the soles of your feet. You know, that actually creates um, an interesting loop 
in, in your organism, in your body. Um, so those chakras, those energy centers are the greatest detox system your body has. And I don't know that a lot of humans think that way or talk about it. Um, would you like me to tell you? Would you yeah, like... yeah, okay. sure. Because mm-hmm. I, I never know how far into detail you want to go. But basically, um, you have, you know, two hands, right? Obviously, two feet. Um, basically, the loop that I was talking about is is this, right? So your left side is your receiving side. Your right side is your giving side, which makes sense, right? Receiving feminine, giving masculine, right? So what ends up happening is any given time, what your body is doing, unless the chakras are blocked, is it's taking in information with your left palm and your left foot is taking in information from the earth. By taking information from the earth, I also mean your ancestors, right? Mm -hmm. So it's energies of the planet and energies of your ancestors are fueling your left side. Then imagine that energy raising from the ground up, 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 you know, uh, looping around somewhere towards the head and then going down through your right center. And then it escapes your body through the right palm of your hand and the right sole of your, and the, uh, and the sole of your right foot, right? Mm-hmm. Then it goes through the center, the core of the earth, right through the heart of Gaia and back up and those energies you know, again, enter your left foot and your left uh, palm. And that is the loop that constantly every human, you know, who is alive, that is one of the primordial, one of the most important energetic loops in their body. There is another loop that you have with the central sun of your galaxy that does the same exact thing, only from, you know, I'm giving you the energy of the cosmos, but like, let's deal with the earthly energies first, right? So... What you have to understand is your planet Gaia, right, has a consciousness. And the consciousness is in a, you know, in a particular part of its evolutionary journey. In the same way that your ancestry, ancestral lineage also has, you know, its history. So it's somewhere in its evolutionary journey, right? Um, generally, generally, what tends to happen is no matter which ancestry you're from, no matter what lineage you're from, but like the energy that the the ancestors are giving you, it's mixed energy. So you're getting the good, the bad, the ugly, kind of whatever your ancestry had, like that's the energy that's going to flow into the left side of your body. In the same way, like when Gaia feeds you, she can only feed you with the energy that she has. It's not like she can only give you the best and keep the worst to herself. Like whatever energy summation, right? So think of total collective energy of your planet as a sum total of everything that it's feeling, thinking, you know, all of its history, all of it as like one energetic soup that is made up of all its history, right? And it's in a particular space. It's not always positive and negative. It's kind of like it has, you know, protons, neutrons, electrons, a little bit of everything, you know, positive things, negative things, neutral things. And all of that is floating through your body, right? Now your body, what your body is going to do is is going to process those energies. What your body would need to do is discard the ones that it doesn't want, 
you know, keep the ones that it needs, it's craving. So it's like it's, it's going to basically dissect all the energies that's coming from Gaia and the ancestors into useful energy, neutral energy, and detrimental energy. Not only that, but your body, right? Uh, so basically what I'm saying is your body cannot just take only the positive things from your ancestors and your planet. It has to take all of it. If it wants to to uh, to survive, it needs energy. But it has to take this mixed energy because that's the only thing that's available. Yeah. Um, as it's going through the loop, right, it will also collect all of the residue, all of the dirt. And by dirt, I don't just mean physical. I mean actually a lot of energetic dirt, energetic debris, like energetic dust and all of the byproducts that are no longer serving it, right? And of course, you it, it would need to detox and get rid of it. So, you know, your right side of your body is the detox side, right? Because it's, like I said, the, the masculine side is giving, but it's also giving away, right? So your right palm and your right foot are your detox, massive detox mechanisms to get rid of all the stuff that you don't want. Because of that, it tends to be clogged. So your right side is clogged for a good 75 to 85% of humanity. Just because people have forgotten and are largely unaware that this loop even exists. So in other words, you're taking all of this dubious energy <laughs> from your ancestors and you're not necessarily able to detox in the way that you meant to you take this uh, energy unconsciously right so it's always flowing yeah yes yeah so i'm assuming you know that you need energy to be alive right yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> so you cannot not draw from that well mm -hmm. but think of it as the well is poisoned so you need to keep drawing because you need to remain alive because you cannot go without it but it's like poisoned to some degree, you know? So everybody's drawing from Gaia. She has her energy that she has. It's great. Now she's ascending. The energy is going to be purified. Amazing. Everybody's lineage is different. Some lineages that you're drawing from are very, very light and positive. And there were like a lot of happy people and a lot of people that gave, uh, you know, themselves to others and, you know, had healthy bodies and healthy relationships. And then you have lineages that are completely dysfunctional completely discombobulated completely just off in in their frequencies right so depending on and then depending on which one you came to your 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 well can be more poisoned or less poisoned so different people have access to different types of energies either way the detox mechanism is a very important mechanism right so um not to get too much into healing arts but most healers work with their hands. There are a lot of like alternative healers that are going to be working with their hands and their most active hand would be the right hand, right? Now, of course, your energetic healers know how to detox their bodies really well because they tend to be on the more in tune side of humanity. But, you know, your average human has no idea that their right palm and right foot is clogged and that, you know, it's not able to detox you properly. So actually, one of the reasons that you get stressed so easily and get tired so easily is because you're not able to detox in the way that your body is meant to naturally detox. Hmm. So you want to 
imagine the flow, right? And do like a meditative practice of imagining the loop, how the loop goes from the center of the earth to, you know, up, up your body to um, somewhere around your crown chakra and then goes down, right? And you want to imagine all the dirt and debris uh, leaving freely from the right palm of your hand and the right, uh, the palm of your right hand and the, uh, the sole of your right foot. Just leaving freely, right? Just like, you know, detoxing, giving away all the stress, all the negative emotions, you know, all the things that you shouldn't be holding on to, right? It's meant to be a flow. Like, you're not meant to hold on to all of that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you take only what you need and then give away the rest. Sometimes when the body's too detoxed, you would need to use all of your chakras for detox, right? So it could be that you're in such a like crazy, like for those people that are very, very sick, very, very chronically ill to a point where the pain is taken over for those types of people, their detox mechanism is very broken. And in general, if you're, you know, if you have high fever or, or, you know, anytime you're sick, maybe that's not even a chronic sickness. I would definitely recommend the detox, you know, power detox exercise, which is where, you know, you would take a deep breath in and then on your breath out, you want to imagine this dark, dirty air energy, right? Float out both palms of your hands and both soles of your feet and just like leaving your body fully. You can even see that, you know, if you're very familiar, if you've worked with your seven basic chakras, in that same breath, you can allow that, those energies to escape your body through the seven chakras as well, on top of the other four that we just discussed, right? And you want to do that, you want to do like a hundred breaths, like literally, like you want to, you know, take your time decluttering. Uh, It's like a spring cleaning, right? Like you have too much unnecessary dense type energies inside of your body that you're holding on to just because you don't know that you have this natural evacuation system all right probably enough on the loop uh you're asking you know about other chakras right like what other chakras you have yeah now we know that we have four more uh but um how many third dimensionals chakras are there why are you asking about third dimensional chakras i just wanted to talk about third dimensional and then go to the fifth dimensional oh maybe we can talk about fifth dimensional right now the thing is it doesn't matter doesn't it doesn't matter which dimension they're in and i think that that is like one of the bigger confusion points on this planet um so you mean that you can have access to fifth dimensional? Absolutely. Even... In yeah. third dimension, yes. Mm-hmm. Because generally when you are, like the way the dimensions work is you always are able to access the one that's like next to you in proximity. Got it. So if you fifth dimension, you always can access things in the sixth, right? So I think it would be a much more helpful exercise to go through what chakras do you, does humanity on earth have access to in a way that can better their day-to-day life as opposed to getting into the 
well, this is third dimensional, this is fifth dimensional, this is seventh dimensional. Like, I mean, this is not a college textbook. Hopefully we can make this actionable, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, can we maybe look at uh, the chakras that uh, humanity has access to, like no matter what dimension? Okay, great. So, and I mean, if you're curious, I can also, you know, as I'm telling you about these, I'm happy to tell you which dimension they belong in, if, if you would like. But I do, th- like, you know, I want I want us to focus on the things that like, can really move the needle. So there are three. So if you kind of like look at your chakras that are below the red, right? By the way, there are, can I just say there are like infinite number of chakras. Like hundreds of thousands you could access even in the third dimensional space. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, now that might be an overkill right and by the way like are they all inside your body or they're like somewhere around define which body we're talking about are they all inside the physical. of the energetic body uh, yes. energetic yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not, no chakras in the physical right so it's like a deceptive way of thinking about them as living in your physical it's just your physical and your energetic are so closely related to one another they're like like a gl- like um glove that is made of like two fabrics tightly knit to each other right yeah. mm-hmm. as like the inside part and the outside part and the inside part in this case would be the physical and the outside part would be the energetic one doesn't work without the other in other words if you didn't have your energetic body your physical body would not be able to get up in the morning um so, going down the energetical body, right? A um, couple of chakras that I think could be actionable. Now, there's always more. You know, there's always more to talk about. But um, it's like giving an unlimited number of options is actually more confusing than being able to focus humanity on something that's really actionable right now. But basically... Um, we have um, a few interesting things that are going on uh, like below um, below the red. Um, one that is closest to the red, right? If you can kind of like move down and technically speaking, right? If we were overlay your energetic body and your uh, physical body, this particular chakra is going to be under the soles of your feet. So like, you know, a few inches below your feet. So it's not technically on your body, but it's below, right? Um, is what we could call, um, and I know that you guys need labels, and this one is basically your karmic chakra. So your karmic chakra is something that pretty much everybody in 3d has this one tends to be a third dimensional chakra if you're asking if you're wondering um this one has um basically the information about certain karmic debts as well as certain um you know certain promises that you made basically either your ancestors made 
right? So it would be related to your ancestral lineages or you made in the past lives, things like that, right? So although this is a third dimensional chakra, part of it and part of the information that's stored there is actually borrowed from the higher realms. And I know it's kind of a complicated thing to understand how it's being formed, but basically things are, and think of it as like the little... Um, little ties and like little, what's the word that I'm looking for? Hooks is the word. Thank you. So like, uh, think of it as like little hooks, right? So like that's what karmic energy actually feels like energetically, right? Whereas like the energy would have been flowing freely. Otherwise certain actions of your ancestors or certain actions of yourself in past life would create a hook. And what this hook does is it catches certain types of energies onto it and makes those energies denser and more present in your life. So that means, right, for instance, what example could I give you? Jealousy, right? Say it in your, um, one of your ancestral lineages, say it's your female side, you know, all the women carried a lot of jealousy and that was just the thing. What that creates, though, within that chakra is like a little hook for jealousy, right? And so it's it like almost like creates an energetic bias in your life, right? And by the way, the chakras that are below, uh, below your feet, the way, like the fun allegorical way of thinking about them is they literally pave the road for you. They literally pave the way, right? So like the road that you're walking on, so imagine like your incarnation was a road, right? The chakras that are below your feet actually pave the way, which means that they attract certain circumstances, events, etc., that form your reality and form your road, like little brick by brick, right? So that's why the karmic actually chakra would go underneath your feet. So it's little things like, you know, the promises that you made, uh, your soul contracts would actually go here because they would actually pave your way, right? Um, the color of the chakra is very different depending on how light versus dark somebody's karma is. So in its ideal state, this karmic chakra is canary yellow. That's its ideal clean state. And in its dirty state, it could be very, very deep brown. So that's the range. It's like the yellow range, the yellow to brown range. Um, an interesting exercise for each of you would be to descend, you know, uh, to that chakra and examine what color is yours. You know, what is the karma that you came here with? And, you know, of course, there are multiple exercises that we can do energetically to, like, help ease the burden, help clean certain things, right? Obviously, it's actually a lot easier for the people with the canary yellow chakra. They tend to have, quote-unquote, easier lives. You know, these are the people that experience a lot more positive circumstances and events, right? A lot less bad luck, things like that, right? People with very brown karmic chakras, again, neither good or bad. It's everything is an experience, right? They tend to have denser energies to work through as far as patterns, systemic patterns, um, you know, 
little gifts, quote unquote, that they inherited from their family that they need to work through and energies and broken promises and things like that. Right. Um, okay. Uh, can I move on? Yeah, let's move to the next okay. one. Mm -hmm. All right. The next one is what I would call the ancestral chakra, also third dimensional chakra. Ancestral chakra. Um, that one is interesting. So remember how we, we spoke that um, every chakra is an energy center and it's actually meant for you to be drawing energy from it, right? It's like fueling you. It's your fuel. Unfortunately, your karmic chakra might not be the positive fuel that you're looking for, right? That's why cleaning that one is very, very important. So you can make it as canary yellow as possible. Now your ancestral chakra, right? And then there is so, we, I mean, we've been speaking about ancestors pretty much every time we touch the energetic body, you know, we talk about, or even the emotional, we talk about ancestors a lot. And it's actually quite interesting because that is probably one of the biggest myths of humanity is how they, at least up today, how much they think they don't belong to their tribe, how much they think they're their own human beings, right? And all they are is kind of like a copy paste of their ancestors, energetically that's what's funny um so this ancestral chakra actually contains the energies um and the aspirations of your ancestry lines so your ancestors have you know every ancestry line every lineage has a purpose it's a purpose that's generally established it's like purpose values rules and regulations like it's like a thing right so every ancestry line, when it's being formed, has a purpose. Generally, the two entities, right? There is uh, two entities originally, like the woman and the man that have that first child in the ancestral line. They have some type of idea of the future that they want for themselves and their children, or sometimes the planet, or, you know, depending on who the entities are, sometimes it goes beyond the planet, but... You know, they kind of have an idea what it is that they want to co-create, whether that's, you know, consciously or subconsciously, right? And so that actually becomes like the driving energy of that ancestral line, right? So your ancestral chakras, chakra is going to contain that North Star that your ancestry is trying to get to, right? Some lineages are birthed to heal planet earth some energies are birthed to preserve um, a particular um, aspect of living right uh, or a particular value for instance for some people it might be very important to live in the land and, and cultivate the land right and if an ancestral line is born and that is like a value for them they might sidetrack, but, you know, their vision of the world is where, you know, all of their lineage cultivates the land and as many people as possible cultivate the land, right? So basically, your ancestral chakra um, are all of the, probably the purest ancestral energies that you could have, right? All of the, like, the good things, um, that you can draw from to help the ancestry achieve that North Star. And it also contains the information about like what's important to your ancestry. What are the values? 
you know, what are the pet peeves and everything. So it's, it's like a very rich uh, point of information. Um, in terms of colors, it actually does depend, but it always has like a mirror type surface. It's like a, a, a chakral center that always like, it almost has like a, almost looks like a mirror always. It's round, but it, it's like a round mirror. It's like a spherical mirror. Um, and then uh, probably the only other chakra that uh, I would mention today below your feet would be the earth star chakra. Now this one, you can probably read up a lot about. Um, this one is the uh, kind of like the one that connects you to the heart of your planet. Everything that's true about Gaia and you as a byproduct of this planet, right? Because as we will know, you know, our physical bodies are a byproduct of the physicality that we borrowed uh, from our planet and planetary system. Right? So your Earth star chakra is the one that connects you to your the energies of, of Gaia and everything that she has to offer. Right. So it is kind of like your connection and your, the point where you get plugged into her grid as one of her children. Right. And where you can exchange information draw your powers, you know, from, from mother earth. So, um, technically that is not a third dimensional chakra chakra. That is a fifth dimensional chakra. If you are curious. Hmm. Got it. Okay. As planet earth continues to evolve, that is going to change because your, uh, planetary earth star chakra is exactly equal to the dimension of the planet. When Gaia enters seventh dimension, that's going to be a seventh dimensional chakra. Hmm. Makes sense? Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, so, uh, but be before maybe we go to other chakras, um, what I'm trying to figure out is that we have so many chakras and people don't know that they have these chakras, right? Uh, and some of them don't even know about the seven chakras. Um, if you don't know about the chakra, it still works, right? Absolutely. Right. Uh, but if you look at the like humanity level, you said one of them are like clogged, uh, and maybe some of them are dormant, right? So, yep. uh, like what, what's the state of the humanity right now? Uh, I can go chakra by chakra and tell you if you want. Yeah, that would be interesting to hear. Yeah. And um, only 5% of humanity is connected to Earth or Earth uh, star chakra, mm -hmm. um, which I mean, are you surprised given the state of where this planet is going? <laughs> no, of course not. Okay. Great, great, great. I wouldn't be. Um, yeah, it's just uh, the thing is your average human on Earth today does not perceive themselves as an integral part of the whole, you know. They might perceive themselves as being in charge, being the conqueror, or being completely separate. So very few are actually plugged into the net. And that's why very few are actually drawing all of the positive energies that, you know, this planet has to offer. And that's why, and actually, so as Gaia is evolving, right, you know, into the fifth dimensional consciousness, it could be so helpful to everybody who's trying to evolve to the fifth dimensional consciousness to just plug themselves into that crystal grid because it'll lift you up with itself 
but of course if you don't know that that you know is possible for you or that that's like a little hack for ascension which it totally is right um if you're not working with the earth star chakra then you're just gonna have to evolve on your own moving on um ancestral chakra super unknown now just because it's super unknown doesn't mean that people are not tapping into the energy that these chakras have to offer actually the you know i would say 98 percent of humanity is tapping into the energy of their ancestors so the vast majority are tapping into those energies so you know it's it's kind of like the unsung hero of, of this planet almost like it's it's like like a working little working horse of this generation but not necessarily uh you know recognized for it same for karmic chakras uh you know that the connection here is actually probably even i mean pretty much everybody who's incarnated on earth right now um is very much tapping there is no other way like i mean you come here with karma like there's very very few people that are not like alive today that are not attached to the karmic um framework of their ancestors and their past lives it is possible it's just not very common in terms of the karmic let's look at the range of how bad the karmic situation is on this planet i would say the color is not the worst shade of brown but about eight tenth of as bad as it could possibly be so there is you know a lot of karmic circles um that you know a lot of lineages are not able to break you would probably perceive that as a lot of pain a lot of disconnection a lot of sorrow a lot of low level energies that people cannot escape from violence greed you know um jealousy all of these things right so there's a lot of those like a lot of it is relationship based you know how do i relate to other humans that is completely broken and messed up so a lot of the you know the karmic chakras uh on this planet are have to do with relationships uh, you think about therapy 97 percent of therapy sessions are about relationships whether with self or with others right so a lot of karma unfortunately on this planet that is relationship based so most people's karmic chakra is in a very dire state red uh is starting to heal finally um i would say only 30 to 40 percent of humanity has a dysfunctional red chakra at the moment um so more and more people are starting to feel a little bit better around the fact they can find sustenance you know they're gonna have shelter tomorrow they you know they are starting to develop trust that it's all going to work out to a certain degree right not trust that you're going to be super wealthy but trust that there's going to be you know food on the table tomorrow so i would say red is coming out of its inflamed state or its blocked state um but you still have enough fear in this generation especially with um men weirdly um that you know they still don't have that red completely healed and completely functional 
right? Um, orange chakra, um, fairly healthy in men, uh, like orange chakra around sexuality specifically and emotions, but like we're talking like some more primal emotions, not necessarily things like universal love, right? Um, so actually, so as far as like sexuality, a lot more healed in men than women on this planet. So I would say it's like, it's a little bit muddy. It's I guess muddier than I would like. Maybe like 50% um, of humanity has a healthy sacral, right? Another thing that's messing up the sacral is the creativity. Um, you know, not a lot of people allow themselves creativity. Um, the society really blocks you into just following rules, right? Um, if you kind of like notice how humans develop, it's it's very formulaic. Like you go to kindergarten, then you go to school, then you go to university, then you get a job, then you get married, then you have a child, then you buy a home. So it's like a very formula type of approach. It really stifles people's creativity. But again, I feel like we're starting to move past that, right? We're starting to heal a lot right now actually around the me too movement uh, a lot of like sexuality is starting to come up right like a lot of specifically things like around rape and uh you know non-consensual relationships and that is because this is ready to be healed that trauma is ready to be healed right now so i think like once we look at sacral say 10 15 years down the road we're gonna see a, a like a much much better result for humanity overall Yellow. Okay. Yellow is very uneven. And unfortunately with yellow, definitely muddy, but you have... This is actually a very interesting thing that I'm observing, right? So it's not so much the trauma. Like there's a lot of trauma in, in the orange and in the red, there's a lot of fear in the red for humanity. For yellow, there is um, actually a very uneven split. So you almost have an overabundance in some and an underabundance in others, right? But that healthy state hasn't been achieved yet for most of humanity. So you either have people that are overly confident and think they're the best, which they actually are not, right? So these kind of like uh, this archetype of like the, the, the crazy boss archetype, where they're just like the person just like so powerful and like they yell at you or like it's a father that's so dominating. There's like too much of it, too much personal power. You know, all these politicians that like, you know, have too much uncontrolled power so you have like a certain part of the population that just has too much and that's why it's not a balance and then because technically speaking right there's only so much energy that your human collective yellow can hold because some people have an overabundance on the flip side others must have a deficiency it doesn't work any other way and so you have this big bulk of humanity about 80 percent that actually don't know what true self-empowerment feels like because they've been suppressed all their lives by their parents by you know their teachers 
by society, by their bosses, you know, by someone, even their children. That is the ridiculous part, right? Because suppression goes both ways. If the, you know, um, actually just as many parents feel like their children suppress certain things in their life as children feel like their parents suppress their desires. It just like acts up in different ways. Like as far as it relates to your children, parents often feel like, oh, if I didn't have a child, I could do X. But now that I have my child, I can't, right? Loss of power. Yellow is all about power. It's like, you know, I can have me and I can have you too power. But right now humanity is playing like, well, you know, if they have power, that means I don't. Or if I have power, they don't. So it's like a, like a, a seesaw a little bit and definitely not a very healthy place to be. A lot of ego. Um, yeah, totally. Like if I were to pinpoint which chakra humanity is going to get the most, the biggest breakthrough in, in the next 100 years, it would be the yellow. Because it's just too disbalanced. Too disbalanced. But again, like when, when you ask like some, some adornment, not at all dormant. <laughs> just messed up. Green. Um, now we're getting in, into a situation where a big chunk of humanity does not have the chakra open. It's blocked. It's, it's not dormant. Um, it's just blocked and it's blocked because of the fear of connection and the fear of intimacy and the fear of kind of like bearing it all and, you know, vulnerability like that, not wanting to feel vulnerable, but also a big part of the green chakra that's being blocked right now is trust. If you have an open heart, you're able to trust. But how can you trust in a society that has such a disbalanced yellow? And you can't. Because your ascension as a species always go, goes from below, in terms of basic chakras, right? From the red to the white. So your green is never going to be completely healed up until you, the below three chakras are in a really, really good state. So your trust and your love and your compassion as a society in the green sector is a byproduct of your healthy yellow, which does not exist. So of course, in society overall, you don't have love, you, you know, bigger picture compassion you don't have, right? Uh, like, you know, I don't know, like in, on an individual level, you, you might have compassion, but in humanity, you, you're more likely to have genocide right now than you are to have compassion like a people helping a people. Yeah. All right. Moving up. Ooh, communication is so broken. So I would say, mm, okay. So the green is healthy in under 20% of the population. Communication And self-expression, less so, maybe 10%. Here's the problems here. 
Uh, Self-expression is impossible in a society where you survive by being like everybody else. Right? By going through the same education system, through the same, like, step one, step two, step three. True self-expression is not really welcome. You know, you, in fact, you're very, you're still living in the world of censorship. Right? And in the world where the, the... Self-expression is very controlled because people are very controlled. Uh, so self-expression is actually false. So even for those people that feel very self-expressed, they're actually not expressing their opinion. They're expressing the opinion of the system. Um, for those of you that have had, you know, tough conversations with some of your friends around a topic that might have been slightly conspiracy, you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> they would flip out on you. The minute you say something about 9-11 that is a little bit off from the the way that, you know, the, the official story, just one example, or the, the war in Iraq, you know, or there's so many other examples, right? They flip out at you and they think that's self-expression. But in fact, it's the expression of a collective lie. So self-expression in the blue chakra thus is very blocked in humanity because in order to be fully self-expressed, you first have to find the self amidst the sea of sameness. And a lot of people don't know where they are, what they are, where they fit, how they're different, what's their unique purpose. Most people up until death don't even know what it is that they're supposed to be like doing with their lives. Everybody just signed on onto the nine to five grind. A lot of people are unhappy and dreading Mondays. And everybody just keeps maintaining the status quo because everybody else is maintaining the status quo. So they'll just show up for the job that they hate. Never mind. So that's your self-expression. Communication is also part of this blue chakra. Super broken. Just look at and even think about... Okay. Here's the deal. Your perfect communication would be a telepathic society where everybody can read everybody's mind. That is like what true communication and self-expression is. Because by the virtue of you being who you are, everybody else around you already knows who you are. You don't have to utter a word. That's telepathic communication. Well, we are today is a world where on a daily, you probably tell a lie a day. It might be a white lie. It might be, oh, how do I look today? Your friend is asking you, oh, you look great. And then to yourself, you're like, oh my gosh, you put on some weight. Or I don't know, I wish you washed your hair today, whatever, right? But you're not going to say that because, well, that's not nice. So, you know, all of these like little lives, all of this sugar coating, all of this, like, all of this is fuzzy communication and thus fuzzy self-expression, right? Wow. So all of this is fakeness and masking, absolutely broken in humanity okay uh third eye active in about one percent um truly active you i mean yeah very very underdeveloped chakra uh not blocked just dormant they're like we haven't gotten to a place where this can be blocked yet <laughs> have to like make it non-dormant um 
going to the, and of course the crown chakra. Okay, 0.001% truly leverages the crown chakra's day. So again, dormant. And of course, everything that's uh, more higher dimensional, what you would call fifth dimensional, that's on top of your crown chakra, also dormant. Wow. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, now, can we maybe move up and uh, see uh, at the other chakras that are obviously <laughs> dormant for most of the humanity, but still curious to know about them? Yeah, there's a lot here. Um, there is one that's kind of interesting. Um, I would call it the soul mission chakra. Um, this is above your head. Um, doesn't really matter how far above, but um, this is basically, so in the same way that your ancestral line right your lineage has a mission of some sort or a north star whatever they're trying to achieve your higher self does as well and when your higher self is descending into a lower dimension and by the way for the higher self pretty much any dimension is lower dimension but okay it needs to maintain some type of um you know, it's, it needs to maintain its center, right? And so it's kind of like taking its intention. So every soul has an intention. Now that intention might change over time, right? That intention is, is either around learning something, evolving to a certain way, becoming God, reuniting with, you know, with, with consciousness, whatever that intention is for the soul. That intention tends to span to many, many, many thousands of incarnations. And so when your higher self is projecting itself into a lower dimensional consciousness, what it wants to do is give you a reminder, right, of what it wants for itself, right? Just give you a reminder of like, send you back with a compass. And so it, that's why it creates like a little chakra center, which is and where it puts like its intention overall and the mission for this life for you, right? Like how does this life, this particular incarnation feed into your larger mission as a soul? Because nothing is ever accidental in, in the evolutionary consciousness of the soul. Like it's actually a very, very well planned and controlled exercise, very, very planned and controlled game. You did not end up here by chance because your higher self has better things to do than send you here by chance. So um, this particular chakra uh, tends to be magenta in color. So very bright um, and very, very uh, conspicuous. And so like, basically, if you really truly want to know what your soul is all about, you would try to integrate with the chakra. And if you're, you know, if you're unsure of what your purpose is in life, you would also connect to this particular chakra. So that's one. Um, that is actually more of a seventh dimensional chakra, fifth or seventh, you know, it's um, depending on how you look at it, because it's actually based on the 
soul. It's a choice to which dimension they put that chakra. Either way it would be accessible for you in 3D. Because precisely the reason it was placed there is for you to be able to access it. Um, there is also the star chakra or um, seat of the soul, I think it's been called. And it's basically your little personal sun. That's how I want you to think about it. So it's a sphere. And imagine this is a sphere that has a billion eyes. And uh, like it glows like the sun, you know, but like very, very bright sun. So like yellow mixed with white type of energy, very iridescent, very beautiful. And this seed of the soul is your connection to the larger informational field. So anything that you would ever want to know about anything could be accessible through the chakra because when I told you imagine has a billion eyes like you want to imagine the sphere and all of it like literally all facet of it is like eyes looking at the world right so it's it's all perceive perceiving it's all seeing it's all knowing right um and it's something that can give you access to you know any dimension any of your past lives you know any anything you want pretty much um that could be applicable to this incarnation, but also across the incarnations. Um, and then there is one more that's probably worth mentioning, which I would call the divine chakra, right? This is the highest of them all. Um, also, you know, a, a much higher dimensional chakra, uh, higher than fifth dimension, but um, is accessible because the intention, this is actually the, the source chakra, right? This is the chakra that represents the energy of source, not the same as source itself, but source is contributing energy to that chakra so that low dimensional beings could access that energy and that consciousness. And, you know, you don't necessarily need it for enlightenment, but you would want to connect to that chakra for perspective and also being able to feel the universal love and feeling like you are the child of this like one source consciousness. So it's actually a very comforting place to be in a comforting energy. And it's an energy of always being loved and accepted and cherished for exactly who you are. It's that infinite love, universal love source that you have accessible in your three, third dimensional body. There's more. Like I said, there's so many chakras we keep on going. But I think like the ones that I've mentioned just now are very simple to understand and they have very specific purposes that, you know, you you might you might want to work with. Mm -hmm. Got it. Thank you. And uh, it seems like we have a lot of uh, chakras block or dormant uh, and it seems like not all of them are like necessary for the survival right you you still like have to get energy but only some of them are crucial for your life right well you only really need uh red three yellow red for yellow only That's three. yeah the, the rest and is optional for now yes and you know if, if we look at the beginning of the species for animals a lot of animals the only thing you truly kind of need is red and then maybe a little bit of orange mm-hmm 
Got it. Um, and then as you keep evolving as a species and, you know, as a, as a race, you start unlocking potential. So that's your, like, your, you know, in, you know, your other chakras get unlocked. And uh, how do they affect your physical health? Like if your chakra is dormant or blocked? Uh... If, it's, if it's dormant, it doesn't impact your health. When it's blocked, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's say, for example, your throat chakra is blocked. Mm-hmm. How does it, does, does it affect your physical health? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. So it could be anything from a respiratory illness to issues with your thyroid to inflated lymph nodes, you know, or even toothache. Hmm. I see what you mean. So is there like a connection between um, like chakras and like um, emotional body and mental body? Your uh, energetic body is connected to uh, the other bodies, absolutely. But if you're asking like which chakra is connected to which body, it's not that simple. They all impact like all like your for instance, your red chakra, right? Yeah. It's going to be connected to both your emotional and your mental body. For instance, uh, it's all about survival, right? So like my, say my core belief is that I will always be homeless. Say that's my core belief because I'm homeless, right? Whatever. Say it's a human that's homeless, right? That... All the homeless people have dysfunctional red centers, by the way. That's why I'm, like, giving you this as an example. So there must, like, the fact that your red is disbalanced always means that it correlates to a particular emotion that you have about being homeless. Like, I'm not safe or, like, this universe is not going to take take care of me or nobody cares about my particular uh, problems, like whatever, that, like you're going to have a thought and an emotion that is completely correlated to your red center and its current state, hmm. right? So the, the thought of I will always be homeless actually lives in a mental body, but it might give you a feeling in your emotional body of helplessness and loss of power or whatnot, you know, just being sad and you know, it would block your red center and it could also give you a physical ailment around your lower abdominal area. Hmm. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. And uh, why um, are there so many schools of thought um, about chakras? It's like different cultures, they have like different colors and different meanings and... Uh, there is, okay, there are no, there, on planet Earth, there aren't many school of thoughts, schools of thought around chakras. There's a lot of misinformation about chakras, and the only really convincing school of thought, the only thing that this planet got right is the basic chakras. And that is actually, it tends to be pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. So the, the seven one, the seven chakras, they are okay like i mean yeah they're fairly consistent consistent and described yeah they're fairly consistent across multiple different uh, schools of thought 
Um, a lot of the other ones that exist around like higher dimensional chakras. Again, here's why it is confusing. Every school that goes beyond the basic is getting at something, but they're seeing it from a particular angle. So because like today for you, I have selected particular chakras. I could have selected others. My uh, way or reason why I selected this is because I want you to be able to have practical results from our work together. If you're not able to have practical results, I don't care that you know all the terminology in the world and you are walking encyclopedia. If you're not able to drive like specific results from it, I don't care, right? So what I just gave you is a version of a chakral system, right? And I've selected from thousands of available chakras. Now, when you say different schools of thought, especially if we're getting beyond the seven chakral system into the 12th, the 15th chakral system, the 27th, there's like many. It's multiple individuals assembling the chakral systems based on how they view the world and what they would think would be helpful to humanity or whatever agenda they have, frankly. Because some of this is agenda-based. So they just looked at the same informational field that I looked when I was selecting the chakras that I want to present to you today. And they selected something else. Now, the problem is humanity and whoever is reading it, most schools like schools of thought are not going to give you like a little caveat saying, hey, by the way, this is just the ones that we selected from 100,000 options. They position and present it as the ultimate truth, which does not exist in the universe. Not even your 3D realm is so black and white that ultimate truth exists. Because what I see and somebody else might see could be very different. Because we all have a little bit of a bias and an opinion. And the only way you get to not be biased is when your source consciousness that is undivided and back into one Right? Yeah. So even source consciousness today has an agenda and a bias because it divided itself. Hmm. Our source is in a divided state. So when you're saying why is there so much confusion around the chakral system is because we are divided and there is no, like the ultimate truth truly does not exist. It's all about your angle and your perspective. Right? So as you study chakral systems from other sources, you need to ask themselves, what is their agenda? Why are they doing the things that they're doing? That's it. I see. Got it. So don't take it at face value is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, makes sense. And um, what are the biggest misconceptions about chakras? Like in general, not just about specific, but maybe some big, big misconceptions about chakras. <sighs> I don't know, honestly. I mean, it depends on a human. Your biggest misconception about the chakras is that they don't exist. Huh. Like that they're not real. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's your biggest myth on this planet is like, you know, most people think it's like, uh, you know, voodoo magic. 
Huh. Or like it's for those weird uh, y- yogis. <laughs> we don't know what they're talking about. Like, oh, so... I've heard this opinion uh, that you can basically chakras they affect your physical health, right? Because for example, if um, they're like not open, they hurt your body. And they do. Right. And uh, you can basically get rid of them. You get can get rid of chakras? Yes. I wouldn't. You can. I wouldn't. You can. You can. I wouldn't. Like, you don't want that type of energy? Yeah. Like, I want to be... I want to control everything myself. Like, I don't want a chakra. Chakras. Yes. Like I said, like, there is, you know, the... Like, hey, you, you have... Um, free will mm-hmm. like you could put all of your chakras into a dormant state the thing is you're going to have to find alternative sources of energy mm. that's interesting and it, it can be done but does it serve your evolutionary purpose i don't know because i don't know which source of energy you're going to go for ah you know got it okay the just... reason all humans have the same seven chakras and that's the basic composition is because it's an optimal type, like the optimal number of energies to have for your species to live in quote-unquote optimal life, quote-unquote fulfilled life, right? Can you make all of them dormant? Yes. Now, which energy are you going to tap into? Um, sometimes, actually, what ends up happening is... Uh, a, you might tap into a negative energy. B, you might tap into a positive energy. But beyond that, very often what can actually happen is you're going to become an energetic vampire because you don't kind of hold on to your own energy, so you need to take, take, take from other people. So in when I that's exactly what I said. Like You're going to need to look for alternative sources. God forbid your alternative source is your wife. Or your husband. That's bad. For them, yes. Because in essence, you're going to be a parasitic type of entity on top of them. Does it happen on Earth? Sometimes it does. Is it optimal? I don't think so. So if you... (laughs) A, the fact... Like, if you don't believe in chakras, doesn't mean they don't exist, right? But if you consciously make a decision to turn them off, you're going to have to find another alternative source of energy or die. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think it's a great overview of the chakra system. Thank you so much for sharing this information with us today. Now I'm going to end our session, and I'm very grateful for the information you provided us today. I'm asking the higher self to resist to where it belongs with much love and much thanks for the help and the information that has been given Maria today. I know she's really going to appreciate it. Now I want all the consciousness and personality of Maria to once again return fully and integrate back into the body completely.